say at the start of this that I, I hope this is true of myself. I hope this is true of all of us that what we're here for is we're expecting and asking that God would do something much bigger than the sum of our efforts. That actually the life that you live shouldn't be just the culmination of your, your cleverness, how much you can navigate society, the work that you do, the friendships that you have, but that as we are walking in the spirit, the spirit that we were given, as we came to Jesus Christ, that we live, move, and breathe in that spirit and watch God do something beyond the sum of our efforts. I pray that that's true of this church. I pray that that's true of us. Today, we're continuing in our series on wisdom. Um, we are trekking through the book of Proverbs now, and we're soon going to get to Ecclesiastes. And I tell you, I, I've been particularly excited by this series for a couple of reasons, but maybe the top is, you know, there's an amazing thing. We talk about searching for wisdom, how Proverbs actually has an incredible amount of just timely truth for us today, that there's things that you will read in this book that will shape your relationships, it will shape how you think about money, how you think about sexuality, that this book actually speaks so pointedly in a way that seems so relevant for today. And we know this is true of all of God's word, and yet there's something particular about Proverbs, the way it's written and the way that it talks about some different truths that it strikes us in maybe just a different and unique way. And we've talked about in the past a couple of different things. The first thing we said was this, as we're grounding this whole discussion in Proverbs, that Proverbs require this sort of wisdom, that we're talking about a wisdom from God, that we hear and we receive God's truth, we respect God for who he is, the place that he has in our lives as the one who sovereignly created everything, and we respond with wisdom by knowing what is true and then by actually doing it. And we've talked about a couple different things. We talked about our words, how powerful our words are. Proverbs has a lot to say about that. You can give life or you can take it with your words. We want to be wise about that. We talked last week about addictions and the things that want to control our lives other than the Spirit of God. And we're talking today about friendships. And next week, here's a bit of a teaser, we're talking about sexuality. But in all of these things, what we're coming to is as a church, we want to say, God, we want to hear from you. And it's not just that we want to hear, but we want to respond. And we want to live lives where we are thriving, as God calls us to. Today, we're talking about friendship. Proverbs actually has a lot of things to say about friendship. And I feel like this message, as I was meditating on it this week, has come up and up and up in so many different venues and different ways. And in particular, friendship is a, is a thing that I feel like as a church we need to talk about more, about relationships and how they're required for our lives, and particularly even New York. Because New York can generate an incredible amount of isolation and loneliness. Did you know this? There, there's so many things written about, about loneliness in New York. If you just Google loneliness in New York, you'll see all sorts of articles, books, artworks, music pieces, people who are going, it's this incredible mishmash of, 
uh, mishmash of reality to go, I'm surrounded by people everywhere, and yet I feel like nobody sees me. And it, it creates this intense amount of isolation where you are in a field of, of people. Relationships are all around you, and yet you are on the outside of it. You can be more lonely in New York City than almost anywhere else in the United States. I, I was thinking about this this week. I was at the Met. So um, my wife and I are super nerdy. Some of our dates, we go to the Met just to, to learn and, and experience. And I always walk out like, I should become a painter. And that's a terrible idea. I'd be awful. But I, you, know, you get this sort of inspiration while you're there of like, I could do some of these things. I can't. But I, I was thinking about... Um, a, a painting recently from Edward Hopper. If we can share that. I, I want to point this out. Um, you know, they have some of his works in the modern art section. And this was painted. Uh, he was an artist in New York City. This painting was from the 1950s. So this is just early post-war. But when we look at this, I think it's a striking piece of art. First of all, because what dominates the four is this sort of uh, gray slab building that's very industrial, nothing particular about it. And we have this person who's sitting in an office, their backs to the viewer, and they're looking out over an empty city. There's gilded, more decorative buildings in the four. You don't even see glass, actually, in this photo. There's this incredible amount of transparency and freedom, and yet, there's isolation. Such an interesting perspective, and, and one of the reasons why Hopper was famous was for trying to capture, particularly in New York, this sense of you've got this corner office, you've got this, this business, you've got this success, and yet somehow you seem totally removed, alone, and on the outside of where life's actually happening. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people who might say that. Today when we're talking about friendship, I want us to cast it in this light and say, there, there's times and seasons where all of us will experience this loneliness. And part of the reason for that is God actually made you to be in relationships, right? God wired humanity in such a way that you actually need other people. Let me say that again, because this is New York City. You actually need other people, right? You were not meant to be an island to yourself. You're not meant to live in, in isolation. That's why in our uh, justice system, um, solitary confinement is actually a pretty horrible thing. <laughs> when you see what happens to people over that long of isolation, right? We were not created for this. God actually created you to be in relationship. Who your friendships are, the people who influence your life and the lives that you influence will have an incredible impact on your life. How are your friendships going? I want to start this morning from Proverbs chapter 27. And we're going to hop around a lot of different places because it's actually spread all throughout the book. But I want to start at this place, Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron. So one man, one woman, one person sharpens another. The first thing we're talking about this morning when we talk about friendships is that 
your friends will actually make you a better person. Now, I'm going to qualify that in a moment, okay? Because <laughs> all of us can remember, like, poor choices in college that was based off of friends, you know? But, but when we're talking about this, we want to start with this right here. That is, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That, that there is something that is true that is actually baked into humanity that you will be improved by the people who are around you. One of the reasons why you need friends is because they are going to challenge you. And think about that imagery for a moment. I know not many of us are sharpening iron on a routine basis, okay? But you think about that. There's an actual grading effect, right? There's a friction that occurs. There may be some sparks that are happening. This isn't necessarily an image that goes, hey, this is the most like easy, relaxing, chill thing ever. No, there's actually this sort of sharpening effect that others will have in your life. You need people in your life who are going to sharpen you. I feel like this is one of the things that, you know, people love about New York City. And when, uh, actually, this is a fun fact, one year ago, this Sunday, we visited Trinity Baptist Church. And we're imagining what life would look like up here. And one of the questions that we asked was, what do you, what do you like about New York? Because we just asked random people. And you know what a lot of people say? I love the energy. I love the energy of the city. That there's all these people around you that are doing all these great things. And it's inspirational. That you are actually wired to be influenced by those around you. If you have the right people around you, you need to be your best Self, how God created you to be, to do the work he's calling for you to do, you have to have friends who sharpen you. But it's not just about sharpening. Let's go to the next one. The second reason that you actually need friends, let's go ahead and switch over the next slide. The next reason why you actually need friends from Proverbs 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. It's not just to make you better, it's actually to hold you together, Right? For those of us, I feel like I had a conversation with someone yesterday. For those of us who believe that life is just this kind of arc where everything keeps going up and up and I shouldn't experience problems, I shouldn't experience pain, that's not reality. And God has actually wired you to be in relationships so that at times of adversity, you have a support network. A lot of times when people come into my office and they say, I'm just struggling, I'm challenged with this thing in my life, one of the questions I will ask off the bat is, do you have a support network? Do you have a group of people who know and follow Jesus who are there for you, who can call, who can check up, who can say, hey, how's it going? That, that a real friend is someone who's actually there, not just to, to push you, to sharpen you, but man, when the bottom drops out in life, that they're there to actually catch you. That when someone has your back, it makes all the difference. And this isn't a weakness thing. This is actually how God created you to operate in community with relationships. And when we talk about this, let's go to the next slide here. When we talk about this, not just you need friends. Here's the asterisk, okay? Here's the qualifying remark, the footnote that we all have to say. You need friends to sharpen you, to support you in hard times, but you need the right friends, okay? Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. I want to say that again, because most of us don't actually believe this, all right? Um, do you believe it this morning? 
Yes, you have to say it. It's church and I asked you. You have to say it. But let me tell you, a lot of us actually don't believe this. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You need friendships, but they have to be the right ones because we are wired to be relational beings. We both influence those around us and we are influenced by those around us. Too many of us believe that this relationship deal is a one-way street, right? Well, I mean, I'm the one influencing them, but I, but I decide, you know, what happens to me, right? It doesn't happen both ways, right? But, but this is true about, about your, your relationships. The people who are closest to you, the ones who are influencing your life, will either push you towards wisdom or they will push you towards folly. There is almost nobody who's actually neutral, okay? You will be pushed one way or another, and you need to be thoughtful about who it is. Someone said it this way once, you will become like the five most influential people around you. You will. You will become like them. So who are the people that are influencing your life? Who are the friends that you have in your life? And it is too easy, church. It is too easy in our current modern day age to, to step back and go, hey, you know, I've got all these relationships, most of which are virtual, right? Most of which are fly by. Hey, how's it going? You're doing good. I'm doing good. Great. We're both good. Let's go. You know, without actually developing deep rooted relationships, but it's critical. It's critical that we do to be able to walk in a wise manner through this life. So if, if you need friends, right, because they're going to sharpen you, friends are there as a support network. They're going to pick you up when the bottom drops out. But you need the right friends, okay? They, they have to be people who have the same mindset to pursue wisdom. But what, if, what does a good friend actually look like? Let's look at this next slide. When we talk about Proverbs and talking about friends, good friends are consistent, Right? Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And, and I want to look at this juxtaposition right here, right? A man of many companions may come to ruin. What is our modern day equivalent of companions, right? When we think through this, there's, there's two types of people being talked about in this proverb. One is companions and one is a friend's. And the friend, what differentiates them is that when things are hard, when things are challenging, a companion is someone who goes, oh, wow, hey, good luck with that. You know, like, shoot me a text when that's over because uh, I, I, don't I'm, I don't think I'm set up for this. That's a companion. Okay, let me say it another, another way. That's a Facebook friend, okay? <laughs> right, we all know the, the deep-rooted relationships that are fostered by Facebook, right? Right? Facebook friends, social media friends that you don't actually have a, a connection with, and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? But that can't be what you consider kind of a, a deep-rooted friendships that are influencing your life, right? That, those would be kind of companions. A good friend is actually someone who is present with you and consistent with you. Maybe just a, a piece of practical advice here, church. As you're building friendships, as you're building relationships, to try to actually live in this way that's wise that God is calling us to, use social media and technology to support the real face-to-face -face contact, not the other way around, okay? Not the other way around. There's a difference between companions and a friend, 
and it's, they're consistent. The next thing that we'll say about good friends that Proverbs wants to make sure that we know about good friends, let's go ahead and change the slide, guys, that good friends aren't only consistent, they're candid, okay? Good friends are candid. Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Just think about that phrase. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, and profuse are the kisses of an enemy. You know what actually differentiates someone as being a real friend, like a, a good friend? When you're thinking through your life, and I, and I hope we're doing it today, right? What are the friends that I have? Do I have friends? How would I, how would I think about them? Are they more companions? Are we just kind of amicable when we're together? Or do people actually know and are entering into the reality that is my life? Does anybody actually know what's going on in your life? Not just what you're projecting your life to be, right? You need those sort of people. There is an incredible amount of healing when you go, hey, I'm messed up and my life is messed up. And someone goes, I see you. I know you. I love you. You were wired for that. And this is where this gets tricky, right? Is there anyone who can actually be candid in your life because they know what is going on in your life? That the wounds of a friend are actually really good. It's actually faithful. Someone who can look at you and go, I know you, I love you. This is wrong. You're wrong, (laughs) right? You're going down a bad path. You're making poor choices. You, you got to kind of pull back from this. You, you need a different perspective. Is there someone who can say that in your life? I, I fear, church, there's too many of us who we live with such a removed and, and this, we got to project a certain mentality. We got to project a certain lifestyle that, that your whole life is with a filter, right? It's all postable. You have to have people who can actually be candid with you. And those people, in the moment, I know it hurts. That's why it's called a wound, okay? But that's actually a really beautiful thing. And that's actually a sign of a really true friend who's willing to speak those hard things into your life. They're consistent, they're candid, and let's turn to our last line this year. Oh, are they consistent, they're candid, they're considerate, okay? This is the fine balance we're all looking for. Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. That whoever covers an offense actually seeks love. That that there is both are true. There needs to be this person in your life who kind of goes, wow, you're doing this like in a terrible way, okay? (laughs) Or like, wow, you're making really poor choices here. And they're able to be candid with you. But there's another reality to a person who is a friend, who is a good friend in your life, actually knows kind of when to back off a little bit and not be the person who's always criticizing you, who's always going, see, there it is again, that that's the problem I was just talking about. Let me make sure to mark it in my iPhone here so I can track it for next week and we're going to review your progress. Like, I, there's, there's time to be candid. You know what a beautiful thing is for a friend who sees something that's just wrong something that was offensive, something that just shouldn't have been said, and they go, it's okay. I'm not going to come back and demand an apology from you, and we have to make... There's times where you just go, you know what? It's okay. We all have bad days. God has grace on me all the time. I can have grace on you. That is a beautiful thing. 
and the person who knows how to balance that. There's times I need to say and point out wrong, and then there's times where I go, hey, we just, it's okay. It's okay. That is a true friend. Let's go to our next slide here. We talk about friendships. You're actually required. God actually has this amazing system set up in this world where you were built for relationships, okay? But for many people, they go, okay, Brian, maybe I hear you. I need friends. Proverbs is telling us we need relationships to push us forward, to pick us up when we fall, that it has to be someone who's consistent, that it needs to be someone who's candid with me, that it should also be someone who's considerate and they know when to kind of pull the punch, you know? But, but how do I start? Because if you think about your life right now, when, when you think about that person, Proverbs paint this as a good friend, does that exist in your life? And if not, you need to do something about it because it's not kind of an optional thing. But there's a lot of people who go, but I'm experiencing this big gap between like where I thought I would be in life and where I am now. So for a lot of people, church, a lot of people, right? Some of their best friends came in high school and college. You know why? Do you know why that happens? Because you didn't have much of a choice, right? You're like stuck into this dorm. You're doing classes together. You're living. You have so much shared experience with other people that it naturally develops relationships. But whenever you exit that, it's kind of a different deal, isn't it? Right? More and more in our culture, people struggle with this thing of how do I actually make friends if it doesn't just happen because I'm forced together in a small group? Right? How do you, how do you start this thing? If you believe it's true, and I hope you do, how do you start? First of all, just I'm going to give some very practical advice here today. Start slow. That, that if, you're, if you're reflecting on this message and you're going, man, for me to be wise in this life, to be the best I can, to not completely collapse when things go bad, I, I need friends and I need the right friends. Start slow. Find somebody who, who you think, because you can't, friendship is a hard thing. There's some, there's some continuity that needs to happen. There's some chemistry that needs to happen, right? Find, identify a couple of people and maybe just say, hey, I was thinking about you this week. I'd like to get to know you a bit more. Maybe we could just grab some coffee sometime. Start, start slow. You know what the opposite of that is? Like going to someone and being like, I need a best friend and I need it today. Will you be it? I have the other half of the necklace with me waiting for your yes, okay? <laughs> right? Right, that, that's it's a little much, it's a little much, you know? Like, like you need to kind of start, start slow. But, but I hope you do start, okay? Don't, don't let the gap intimidate you on this. Two, you need to actually spend time together. There is no substitute for this. I, I understand what people mean by like quality time, but let me tell you, there's not really that much of a difference, right? You need time with people for friendships to develop. This is not the sort of thing that, that you just like snap your finger and overnight it happens. But you have to have real, actual time together to be able to create these deep friendships. Then thirdly, you know what one of the major just currencies of relationship is? Vulnerability. And this is a challenge for so many of us, right? Because so many of us, we live in this life where we're just projecting this reality. No one actually knows what's going on in our life. And we're so afraid, church, 
that if someone actually knew what my life looked like, if someone actually knew the thoughts that rolled around in my head in an unfiltered way, no one would want to be around me. And, and God moves and works in such a way that it's friends that actually teach us something about the goodness and nature of God in this. And it starts with this. You, you need to be vulnerable and actually say, get past the whole, hey, I'm great, you're great, we're great, let's grab coffee, great, and go, yeah, life's kind of hard right now. And, and I'm not necessarily asking you to jump in and fix it. I'm just saying, right? Life's, life's hard right now. And it's a struggle. That actually creates a bond between people, a closer connection when you can be real together. And then lastly, start by being the friend you want. And I say this because so many of us, we, we want to wait in life for like that perfect person to walk in the back door who just like does, is everything that we could ever imagine a friend would ever be. But we're waiting for the other person to start that, right? You know what, maybe just a great practical way to start this. If you're sitting here and going, okay, to be wise, I, I need, I need godly friends who are going to point me towards Jesus and we're going to walk it together, right? That you actually might need to start by being the friend that you're hoping for, by being the person who actually just checks in with other people, by being the person who goes, yeah, I'll actually, like, the air escapes the room, shock of all shocks, I'll actually make room on my calendar, okay? I'll actually carve out some time. Would you join me for it? And when we start to take those steps and relationships are formed, your life will be better for it. Can we go back to that photo we started with at the beginning? You know what, church? I feel like this is even more timely. Proverbs on friendships is even more timely in this city because of paintings like this. A lot of people who are, maybe you've got the corner office, maybe you don't have the corner, maybe you got the corner cubicle. I don't know what it is, right? I don't know what it is you do. But there's so many people who live in isolation in an ocean of people. You weren't wired for that. You were wired for community and God will actually show up in that in a very unique way. Do you know church why it matters that you actually come on Sunday and you don't just watch the podcast later? By the way, thank you to all of our podcast viewers right now. I'm not trying to dog you, okay? I'm not, not trying to be rude. We all travel, okay? But, but I want to tell you why, why it actually matters. Because church is not just about content, okay? It's really not just about content. It's about the relationships that are formed and how we experience God through other people. You will experience it in a deeper, more powerful way. That's why it is called the body of Christ. My prayer for myself right? Moving to a new city, <laughs> saying goodbye to relationships, right? There are different seasons, certain times we've got certain friends, and then other times we kind of have to rebuild. My prayer for myself, my prayer for all of us here is that we will move towards these intentional, God-centered relationships, and that our lives will be better for it. Amen?